Some of you may know this individual, but back in 2007, John Majeski's son, how many of you know Mark? I don't know how many, some of you know Mark. Okay. Um, Mark Majeski, he was going through a really difficult time in his life. Um, I believe he was in a job that was very stressful. There were just a number of things that were hitting him at the time. It was a low point in his life. And he got down and got very depressed. Now, John, like many of us, is an avid Ohio State Buckeye football fan. And Mark's wife, Debbie, decided to be bold and write John Tressel a letter, the head football coach of The Ohio State University, Jim, John Trussell. John performed the wedding yesterday for Pastor Kevin, so that's what's on my brain. Thank you, Jim. Did you tell me that, honey? You said Jim? Thank you. I needed you. Okay, I know. Yeah, good. Um, Jim Trussell. So she wrote a letter to Jim Trussell explaining the situation to Jim. And uh, um, she knew that it was a long shot, but she, uh, she asked if there was anything that Jim, I mean, get this, pre, I mean, coach of the Ohio State University, if there was anything that he could do to help her husband. She was bold. Uh, whether it be maybe just a, a letter or something that could give him some kind of encouragement, anything that he could do would be extremely grateful. Turns out that it was Super Bowl Sunday, 2007, Mark and his wife, Debbie, I believe, in the evening, they may have been with friends, I don't know, watching the game. And uh, when they got home that evening, there was a message on the machine. And when Mark hit the button, this is what he heard. Mark, this is Jim Tressel. I received a letter from your wife informing me that you're going through a tough time right now in life. She told me that you are a great husband and a wonderful father, and she cares an awful lot about you. I just wanted to call and encourage you, tell you to hang in there. Remember your core values. Continue placing your faith in God, and he will see you through. Talk about a bad time not to be home to get a phone call, right? He was extremely bummed he did not get that call or did not get a chance. But get this, a couple months later, guess who called back to check on Mark? Jim Tressel. He called a second time just to follow up with Mark to see how he was doing. This time Mark was there and he got a chance to talk to the coach. Can you imagine that? What a source of encouragement that must have been to Mark Majeski. Talk about encouragement. Uh, that's what I'm going to talk about. We're going to talk about encouragement. We get this every time. Every time I hit the button, it does not advance. So I think you've got to do it for me up there, Ryan. So uh, we'll, we'll get this going on. There it is. Encouragement. If you think about it, encouragement has great power, doesn't it? It has the power to even change lives. Every single one of us will encounter moments of crisis in our life. Moments when something good or bad can happen. Times when we need a helping hand, a word of encouragement. Stressful job. 
potential illness. Difficulty at home with the family. Emotional stress. Financial hardship. Times when we experience failures. Times when you feel like you're overwhelmed. We've all been there. We all know what that's like in life. Um, I heard last week... uh, Sister Lisa gave a powerful message on sacrifice. And I heard from a couple people that there were many tears that were shed. And evidently she shared some very personal things from her past. And I quickly gathered that her opening up was a source of encouragement to others. Thank you, Lisa, for being obedient to God. That no doubt was powerful. When we share from one another's experiences, that can be a source of encouragement. We all go through these difficult times in life. The Bible gives us the picture of a man who was so good at encouragement, you maybe saw it pop up there, that they even gave him the nickname, the son of encouragement. And his name was Barnabas. His name was Barnabas. I want to look at a couple of scenes from his life this morning just to gain some examples of how we can be encouragers. You know, we know how important, how valuable being an encourager is. Why don't we do it more? Why don't we intentionally set out to be an encourager more? I don't know why that is. Sometimes you have to think selflessly, right? And think of others. I think we fail to realize the power that lies within us to be an encourager. But let's look at this man named Barnabas. If you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. And let's look at a couple of scenes in his life. And we're going to share some stories this morning that I believe will describe this term encouragement. Acts chapter 4. Starting with verse... 32. And this, this may not be anything earth-shattering to you. It may not be anything that you have like, you would say, wow, I've never ever heard that before in my life. But encouragement, trust me, encouragement is a powerful thing. Acts chapter 4, 32. Starting with verse 32. All the believers were united in heart and mind. And they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's great blessing was upon them all. There were no needy people among them. Because those who owned land or houses would sell them. And bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. For instance, there was Joseph, the one, the apostles nicknamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He was from the tribe of Levi and came from the island of Cyprus. And he sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles. Here we see an infant church in need of structure and in need of financial support. They needed some funds to even function as a group. Barnabas had land and he sold it and he gave it to the apostles and the church. 
he gave of his own resources for the benefit of someone other than himself. What a wonderful example of encouragement. Church, whenever there is a need, and we, be it as individuals or as a church, whenever we step up and give of our own resources, someone is going to be encouraged. As has been talked about, and I think he might be out counting, but we know that a few weeks ago, Ken and Subichi suffered that fire. And you, the church, stepped up and you gave from your heart. Uh, That was the day that um, our daughter Jess was being induced, so after the service we took off for Kentucky, but that was probably very fun for Dean to walk up to them and hand them over $600 the morning that we took up an offering. That was fun. Those kind of things are fun, aren't they, Dean? Yeah. There he is, Kenny. Just walk back in. But it didn't stop there. What a, what a source of encouragement that must have been for Kenny and Sue. But it didn't stop there. Uh, Frida shot, uh, sensed that maybe there's more that we can do, and uh, sensed that maybe this is obviously an overwhelming situation. So Frida, sensing and being obedient to the Holy Spirit, sat down with Ken and Sue and said, what can we do to help? And plans are being made to, to help them in the coming days and in the coming weeks. But it didn't stop there. Our Living Waters ministry got together and realized maybe there's something that we can do as well. And Lloyd and the the men met at uh, Sue and Ken's place this past week, and we began to prepare the trailer to be removed. We we cleared out brush and and weeds and and some things and some debris around the place just to make it easier for them to, to move that trailer out. And see, this is what the body of Christ does, isn't it? We converge when there's a need. And I know Kenny, I believe, has given a testimony, but a source of encouragement, Kenny? Yeah. We received a card. I want to read it. To our dear friends, words cannot express how grateful we are for your offers of help, your gift cards, and the monetary gifts. We appreciate everything you have done. Please keep us in your prayers. God is so good. He continues to bless us daily. We love you, Ken and Sue Beachy. We sacrificially give of our resources. Someone is going to be encouraged. Amen. Go to Acts chapter 9. Go to Acts chapter 9. Let's see the next thing. We just saw where Barnabas gave of his own, gave his land to encourage the church. Acts chapter 9, and we'll start with verse 23. Acts 9, 23. After a while, some of the Jews plotted together to kill him, speaking of Saul. Saul had not yet become Paul. Um, he, was, uh, he was just starting this ministry, and he was still Paul or Saul. So that's who they're referring to. After a while, some of the Jews plotted together to kill him. They were watching for him day and night at the city gates so that they could murder him. But Saul was told about their plot. So during the night, some of the other believers lowered him in a large basket through an opening in the city wall. 
When Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to meet with the believers, but they were all afraid of him. They did not believe he had truly become a believer. Then Barnabas brought him to the apostles and told them how Saul had seen the Lord on the way to Damascus and how the Lord had spoken to Saul. He also told them that Saul had preached boldly in the name of Jesus in Damascus. Hmm. Here, Paul, who is still Saul, has become a new convert and he's boldly preaching. And he's being hunted down by some Greek-speaking Jews. They were called Hellenists. We also see where the apostles are afraid of him. This is the guy that was trying to kill them and throw them in jail. And can we really trust this guy? But who do we see stand up for Saul? There's Barnabas again. He is there again. He actually risked his own life in order to plead the case before the apostles. Another great example of encouragement. Is there someone in your life right now or there may be someone getting ready to come into your life who needs support, who needs someone to stand up besides them and support them? A source of encouragement. Oh, that we all could have the nickname a son or a daughter of encouragement. Sometimes it's just sticking close to somebody in their difficult time. Standing up for someone when they need to be stood up for. Let's continue on in verse 23 through 27. We just read that, didn't we? Let's go on to Acts chapter 11. I'm sorry. Acts chapter 11. Turn over to that. Here again we see the son of encouragement showing up a few more times. Acts chapter 11, verse 19. Start with verse 19. Meanwhile, the believers who had been scattered during the persecution after Stephen's death traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch of Syria. They preached the word of God, but only to Jews. However, some of the believers went on to Antioch from Cyprus and Cyrene, began preaching to the Gentiles about the Lord Jesus. The power of the Lord was with them, and a large number of these Gentiles believed and turned to the Lord. When the church at Jerusalem heard what had happened, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw this evidence of God's blessing, he was filled with joy, and he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and strong in faith. And many people were brought to the Lord. Some Hellenists had been converted and they needed mentored. Who do we go see do it? Barnabas. <laughs> he went, he encouraged and he rejoiced with them. He told them to keep keeping on in the Lord. Is there someone in your life today that God wants you to encourage to keep Keeping on. Is there someone in your life uh, at the men's retreat this past uh, this past September? 
Uh, the gentleman who spoke, he is the chaplain for the Indianapolis Colts. He was big on there needs to be someone in our life that we can look up to to be a, to be a mentor, and there's someone that we can be a mentor to. There always needs to be someone in our lives that we can look up to and get advice from and pray with and, and look at them as they say, follow me as I follow the Lord. And there's always somebody in our life that we need to be saying, follow me, you follow me as I follow the Lord. And here is Barnabas being that mentor to these young converts. That's what Roy Hall was doing. Roy Hall, the one who came and spoke a couple of weeks ago from Ohio State. A couple of years ago when he first came, there was a possibility of him bringing Maurice Claret with him. It didn't work out at the time. But I, I know that Maurice Claret had, had been through a lot of difficult things, and, and, and I have to be very careful who I allow to come into this church and to speak from behind the pulpit. So when I heard that Maurice might be coming, I needed to know from Roy. Roy, what's his testimony? Where is he at in life? Is, is this something? And Roy told me, he said, he has not had much of a mentor in his life. He has not had any kind of a father figure, and he said, I am being that father figure to Roy. See, Roy was a son of encouragement to Maurice Claret. Some of you know that this year's football team, uh, an incredible talent named Noah Spence, he's a defensive end, uh, greatly looking forward to what he was going to do in the field. Uh, last year there was some illegal substance in his body. He got a three-game suspension. He was supposed to come back after the third game of this year. They thought it was just something in, in some uh, dietary, maybe uh, foods or drinks or just a weird thing that he got suspended, but he was back for the third game. And right before the third game, they, he tested positive again for that same drug. And here is this five-star, huge guy who's got an incredible future in front of him, and now he's suspended indefinitely from the team. And Stephanie just showed me a picture the other day of Noah Spence. And guess who's standing beside Noah Spence? Roy Hall. And in that picture, it says that Roy Hall was trying to mentor Noah Spence. You want to talk about a son of encouragement. That speaks to me. Who am I being a son of encouragement to? What young believer am I looking to to help mentor? Who are you looking to help mentor? And what a way of encouragement that is for all of us. So here we see Barnabas mentoring someone young in the faith. Some of you have years of experience in the Lord. Someone needs to tap into that. Someone needs to feed into your experience with the Lord. Women, you know, men, uh, invest in someone's life. We all need to invest in someone's life. Let's go on in verse 25 here in this Acts chapter 11. Look at the next thing. Then Barnabas went on to Tarsus to look for Saul. When he found him, he brought him back to Antioch. Both of them stayed there with the church for a full year, teaching large crowds of people. It was at Antioch that the believers were first called Christians. Now, this, this is nothing earth-shattering to you, but it really spoke to me. It's something very simple. 
Here we can see Barnabas' spirit of encouragement when he simply gave Saul a ride. He just simply gave him a ride, and he was there by his side the entire year. Listen, being an encourager means something that you will humble yourself and do the simple, non-glamorous things. Sometimes that's what we do. It does not have to take place in a huge glamorous fashion. doesn't have to be in an emergency room, but sometimes it just simply means being a gopher. Amen? Just being a gopher, just being there for someone. I can't tell you how many times that my father-in-law has showed up at my house and he said, what can I do for you today? Is there anything that I can do for you? I want to help you today. Time after time in my 18, 19 years of being in this family, My father-in-law, he could be a son of encouragement. How can I help you? What an encouragement that is for you. Others of you have done that to me as well. You've been great sources of encouragement. As I'm looking out across here, I could just begin to point out some of you. And you know who you are. You've been great sources of encouragement. Um, I'm not any more special than anyone else. And what I do in life is... um, Hey, we all have purposes, uh, and, and, and we all have plans that, that we believe God wants us to fulfill. But I've got to tell you, um, being in the pastorate now 12 years, and you know, being full-time ministry 12 years, and being a pastor can be lonely at times. It can be a lonely occupation at times, and that's okay. I get that. I understand that. And there are some times when, um, I think someone wrote a book once called It Only Hurts on, on Monday. It Only Hurts on Monday. Um, it's amazing the battles that the evil one throws at you on Sunday. The day that you're supposed to come and fellowship with all your believers and you'd be surprised the number of things that a pastor hears after the service or during the service or right before the service that is like, man, it just, you, you realize it's a spiritual battle. And uh, how many times on Mondays do pastors write that resignation letter? <laughs> and I've got to tell you, there's been many times that on Sunday... After I preach, I feel like I failed. I feel like I just bombed. I feel like I have no business being up here. And then in the afternoon, someone will text me and say, man, what a great message that was, Pastor. That really spoke to me, Pastor Brock. Thank you for being obedient to the Lord. I can't tell you what that means to me. Lisa, you've experienced it. Those of you who have preached, you know what that's like. Just a simple word. Just doing something Simple. We all can be encouragers, amen? We all can be encouragers. Let me keep going on here. Uh, Acts chapter 13 and 14. Don't need to turn there because I'm just going to paraphrase this for you. Acts chapter 13 and 14 tells us how Barnabas, again, here's Barnabas, how he traveled with Paul just to be his helper. Many times being an encourager has nothing to do with words, but just simply being there and not leaving the person alone. Now, did you hear that? Sometimes being an encourager 
is simply being there and not leaving the person alone. Um, the, the other day, I had a huge project in my backyard. Uh, I may use it in a message sometime, and I'll show you a little picture. I'd done a lot of yard work and, um, in, in, in around my house and had a lot of dirt. And I was just over the months and months, I'd built up this huge dirt, pound, uh, dirt mound in the back. And uh, it was just, it was pretty big. And I just let it go, and I let it go for a good year, and weeds began to grow. And it just got really ugly back there. Um, and, I mean, the weeds were probably, some of the weeds were almost four or five feet tall. And, and I thought, okay, this has gotten out of hand. So I pulled the weeds, I had to clean this up, and I got the weeds taken care of. And then there's this huge dirt pile in my backyard. And I thought, okay, what am I going to do with this dirt? I've got to get it out of here. So I borrowed Lloyd's truck. And, and um, you know, when you raise kids, you know, you want to raise them with a good work ethic. And you hope that, you know, they're going to get in there and be hard workers and, and uh, you know, have great attitudes. And, yeah, I mean, so I asked Parker. I said, Parker, I need, I need you to kind of grab a shovel and let's come help me with this job. Do you think he had a great attitude about it? He's like, I can't wait to get out there, Dad, and help you out and you get all that dirt. No. It took him like 30 minutes just to get his shoes on, I think, and get out there to help me. But um, i got to tell you, though, Parker, you blessed me that day. Um, we, we got in way over our head. Um, it, was, it was huge. And uh, an hour or two later, we're still shoveling. We're still shoveling. And it's, uh, this thing was huge. And I was worn out. I was soaked from, from head to toe. And, and uh, it was getting dark. And... Um, and, and I, I didn't know if he had homework to do or what he needed. He was out there for a good while. And I said, um, I said, Parker, you go ahead and take off. But I said, I'll go ahead and finish this. And he said, no, Dad. He said, I can't leave you. He said, we're going to finish this together. <laughs> that was good, son. And just the encouragement that was. So who is it in your life that you just need to just stay there with? Just sit there with. When I, my first pastor back in Columbus, one of our board members had Crohn's disease. And he had suffered Crohn's disease for years. And within the first uh, six, seven months that we were there, he passed away. And uh, he left a wife and, and two boys. And some of, some of you have heard me say this, uh, but my dad told me something. And, and uh, when, when we were, when we were um, in, in, in the waiting room, he was having a procedure done before he passed away. This is a couple of weeks before he passed away. We were in this, uh, the waiting room. They were doing this huge surgery. And it was going to be a long time. And I didn't know what to do. What do you do in times like that? Sometimes, you, you know, words, words fail. And um, as I sat with the family, um, I said, you know, I don't really know what to do, but I'm just going to sit in the mud with you. I'm just going to sit in the mud with you. Sometimes, folks, we need to sit in the mud with people. Just be there with them. And stay doing the whole surgery and, and just see them through. And see, that's what Barnabas did. 
he was the encourager and he was there when people need sat with. Who in your life do you just need to sit in the mud with? Hmm. Parker, you blessed me that day, bud. The dirt pile's gone. I'm working on another project, so get ready. So, um, I don't know. <laughs> Acts chapter 15. You don't need to turn there either, but if you want to mark it somehow, that's fine. But I'm going to paraphrase this. The Jews were being, or excuse me, the Gentiles were being saved. Now get this, this is at an early time in the church to where the, the, the Jews were being saved and they thought that this salvation was just for them. It wasn't for us as Gentiles. But here are Gentiles now being saved, but some of those believing Pharisees, those who were Jews, they were telling these Gentiles that they still needed to be circumcised and they still needed to follow the Mosaic law. Along with Peter, Paul, and James, Barnabas, here we go, there's that name again. Do you find that there are just some people in life that are always there? When, whenever somebody, uh, you know, here's one way that you can find if you have a son of encouragement in your midst. When someone needs help moving. <laughs> right? When someone needs help moving and the, and the truck comes and the U-Haul truck comes and you've asked for help, who shows up? Those are your sons of encouragement. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to find that out. But I digress. So Peter, Paul, and James, and here's Barnabas again. He took up, they took up the cause for the Gentiles. They stood with the Gentiles and declared the truth that these practices of circumcision and following the Mosaic law uh, uh, to the letter is no longer necessary. And that that is done away with. That we should encourage these new Gentiles to come into the faith and to come into the fold. And what a source of encouragement to have somebody stand up for you. I wish she were here this morning, but she's at the ladies' retreat. But a number of you uh, know about the battle that we have recently had with our release time program in, in, in the community. Um. There had been some proposed changes. I was referring to Cindy Rainsberger, a teacher within release time. Uh, many of you know that there were, uh, about a year or so ago, there were some proposed changes to the program that was going to uh, greatly jeopardize how Cindy would even teach about Jesus and salvation. And not only that, but just the plan of salvation, not even being able to describe or be described or given to the kids. There were some, some uh, proposals put in place that that would not be done. And there was a battle that had taken place. But over the course of several months, thanks to people like Pastor Kevin, Daryl Martin, Shirley Wallach, my wife, um, I pray I'm not forgetting anyone else. There may have been a couple other people. We went to some meetings and we stated our case. We, we pleaded with them on what we believe should be truth. And thanks to the efforts of those who were Barnabases, who came alongside of Cindy Rainsberger, those changes did not come to fruition. And we praise God for that. And things are in a, I believe, a healthier, a better 
situation. And if you were to talk to Cindy right now, every time someone, every time we came to one of those meetings, that had to have been a source of encouragement to Cindy. It had to have been. had to have been. So here we see Barnabas. He just keeps showing up. He just keeps showing up whenever there's a need. He received his nickname by selflessly giving to the, to the church of his resources, his own land, his time, his money, his possessions, his talents, and his all. We see Barnabas where he stood by a friend, even in the midst of danger. He rejoiced with new converts and encouraged them in their faith. He was humble enough to be a gopher, a servant, a chauffeur, and a delivery man. And he spoke on behalf of those in need. He was someone who was always there, always around, always willing to do what was needed in order to help. Sounds like a tall order. But I guarantee you, whenever he passed away, there was a great mourning because of all the ways that he found to encourage people. Listen, everyone here, everyone here has the ability or should I say the power to be an encourager or a discourager? You have the power. It's up to you what to choose. You can be an encourager or a discourager. Someone once said to me at a church, they said this right here. They said, I want to be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. Is that you? I want to be a part of the solution and not a part of the problem. Really, when they said that, what they were saying is, I want to be an encourager. May that be said of all of us. I know a man who at just the mention of his name in our family brings thoughts of discouragement. Never building up, but always tearing down. Frequently the cause of problems, never a part of the solution to them. He took joy in reveling in the days of yesterday, stating how things used to be in order to prove how things should be today. <laughs> never accepting any new ways or methods or approaches, and I guess you could say he was the son of discouragement church, we all have the ability this morning to be that person. Let's not be that person. Hmm. Mark Majeski. I called him to verify the story that I told you. And I wanted to find out and end up talking to his wife, Debbie, Debbie. And I asked what it meant for them and for Mark to receive a call from Jim Trestle. And Mark said this. He said, knowing that people cared so much for him and the fact that someone bigger than him and as important as, and as busy as Jim Trestle would take the time to call and encourage him gave him the ability to keep keeping on. And it was just the thing that he needed. Listen, whenever God prompts you to call someone or text someone or do whatever, you have no idea. You have no idea. That could be just the thing that is needed. 
there have been many of you who have stepped up and you have encouraged me. I've got to tell you, um, receiving all the texts from you at times um, has been a great source of encouragement. Last night, I'll tell you about this. Um, I don't know what time it was, 8, 9, 10 o'clock. Stephanie's phone began to explode with text messages. And they were all from the woman down at the women's retreat. And she started to get messages saying, Sister Stephanie, we missed you this weekend. Steph was with our grandbaby uh, down in Kentucky, and we met in Marengo yesterday. She wasn't able to be a part of it. Stephanie, we missed you at Marengo this week. I'm so glad that you are our pastor's wife. Stephanie, I love you so much. And I don't know how many she got, but she probably got 10, 15, 20 text messages. Just boom, 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 boom. And as I watched her read those text messages, I began to see her smile. And the smile come across her face. The power of being an encourager. Some of you are just more gifted, it seems, that that. You're more geared for that. Your, your personalities are dispositions. But that also is no excuse for the rest of us not to work at this. We all can be encouragers. And just the feeling of knowing that someone is thinking of you, what an encouragement. Let me bring this in quickly for a landing. I'm going to end this morning by speaking a little bit about our Living Waters ministry. Getting uh, out into the community in these past several weeks has just been a blast. I've told you that. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, Hopefully those of you who have been a part of it would say the same thing. But being an encourager is just one of the things that I wanted to take place within our community. I shared my vision with you about Living Waters Ministry. And some of you, and and listen, just some of you have stepped up and you've been a part of that. And that has been an incredible encouragement to me. Because there's been some times to where I've asked myself, Lord, did you really speak to me in Arizona? Did you really speak to me and tell me you wanted me to start this? Because I don't know, I just don't know if there's a whole lot of excitement. I've tried to share this. I don't know if people are getting it. And whenever you joined us out there, man, what a source of encouragement that was. Just to give you an idea of what we've done. We painted the Shanesville Museum building at the top of the hill. We and Pastor Kevin took the youth group and they did some landscaping work down at the bottom of Rhine and at the, at the park here in town in Sugar Creek. And just those two things, I can tell you, has made an impact on Mayor Clayton. He, he was blown away that we would do that and we would do a quality job like that. I'd say, man, about five, six weeks ago, we showed up at uh, Lloyd's neighbor. Her name is Faye Huprick. We removed two large bushes. We trimmed trees and large hedges. We painted the little birdhouse that you see at the top of the pole there. That was one of the things that we did there as well. We have been working in Rudy and Sharon Stoffer's house, and they had some ceiling work that needed to be done, and some of you have been involved with that. My neighbor down the street, I wish I would have taken a picture of his house before we got to it. Some of you who live down that area, it was bad. Weeds just grown up like crazy, and, and uh, um, it, it was it was just a bad situation. And 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 there's uh, you know there's some of the pictures after we got done. We converged on my neighbor's street, and and um, um, 
he was a hard person to reach. I, I drive by that place every day, and I mean, I want to get that place. I want to get it. I want to get it. I want to get it. I want to get after that place. But every time I went to the door to knock, nobody would ever come. I tried to get a hold of Mayor Clayton. Can you give me some information on this guy? And he gave me some info, but had no, had no number or anything. And one day I drove by, and I saw his door was open. I slammed on the brakes. I said, I'm getting him. <laughs> I went up to the door and I knocked on the door and he was in there and he said, hold on a second. He came to the door and, and um, this is an individual who doesn't really get out of the house hardly at all. And he's just looking at me like a total freak and saying, who are you and what do you want? And I told him, I said, hey, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a neighbor down the street and uh, I'm a pastor of the Bar Smell Church of God and uh, we're just trying to be a presence in the community and, and I'd like to ask you if you, mind, if you would mind if we would kind of help get your yard you know, taken care of. He just stood there in silence. He didn't know what to say with his mouth open. Uh, I said, you know, you know, no charge. We don't want anything. I said, we just want to share the love of Jesus Christ and help you. And he said, well, yeah, I guess. So for the next three weeks... We mowed his yard and bagged it. We weeded around his house. We trimmed his trees. We cleared out the brush. We cleaned out his gutters. There were plants growing out of his gutters. We revealed, as you can see, the patio. He had a nice patio in the back. I don't know if he's seen it in years, but we revealed that. Even Nathan and I got some poison ivy with the job, didn't we, Nathan? Yeah. Another job, uh, Ruth Tenlin who had just lost her husband the week before, our men showed up and trimmed a huge oak tree that she had in her backyard that she needed help. She didn't know how she was going to get it done. And one, the one thing that I loved the most is before we left all of these jobs, we all gathered around these individuals and in a circle and we held hands and we had a word of prayer with these people, showing the love of Jesus Christ. And do you think that was a source of encouragement to these people? Amen is right, honey. One more story. Some of you know, um, you know Karen Workhall. Um, about a month and a half ago, Karen lost her husband. I believe his name was Arnie. I think it was Arnie Workhall. And we are friends with um, their son Mike and Chris Workhall. And Mike told me this story, and then I'm going to I'm going to end with this. It was about a week after the funeral, and Karen was having a really bad day. It was one of those days to where it just hit her. She uh, had to do some paperwork, was trying to get some things taken care of for her husband and had to go to the bank and take care of all of that. And, and she was depressed. She was overwhelmed. And it was just she was in the, the throes of that sorrow time in her life. And she's still trying to deal with it all. But she said she came home struggling and discouraged. But that very evening... About six to eight guys converged on her house and got to working. We mowed her grass. We moved a, a, a pile of firewood. There you can see there is a basketball hoop that she wanted to get out. She had no idea. Just removing that basketball hoop was overwhelming to her. We were there for about an hour and a half. We mowed it, uh, mowed the grass, we took care of the firewood, we removed that basketball hoop and we hauled it away. We edged part of her driveway. She later told Mike that those guys showing up was just the thing that she needed that day. Some of you guys are here this morning. 
You need to know that through your time and your energies that night, you gave a woman hope. And through your efforts, Karen felt God speak to her when God said it's going to be okay. I'm going to take care of you. It's going to be all right. She wrote us a letter as well. Let me read it. Dear Brock and company, I guess we're a company now, so that's great. We'll have to get our own license. How uplifting it was to have the mighty men of God work at my house last Wednesday and Thursday. Everything looks so neat and cared for. It has given me hope that I can be ready for winter. Many things on my to-do list have been taken care of. You are a blessing to me and my family, yours in Christ, Karen. Yeah, encouragement. Folks, when God prompts you to do something, do it. You never know how timely it might be. It might be just the thing that they need. And lastly, the one thing I'm going to um, uh, talk about, not going to be an invitation. We're just going to wrap this up. And then if you can just give me a few more extra minutes. There's, there's two quick videos I want to show, and then we'll, we'll get you out of here. Um, let's see here. Okay, Linda, wave at me, Linda. Okay, what I'm about ready to say, okay, you can't share this, okay? All right, can't share this with anyone. Linda doesn't have a clue what I'm going to say. She's freaking out right now, okay? I can see her back there. Um, how can we as a church be more of an encouragement? Our, our Living Waters ministry for the year is kind of coming to a close. It's getting dark, you know, early now. But we're working on next year. What can we do? But I've been talking to Lloyd. Lloyd might be out there somewhere. Um, what we are going to do here in a couple of weeks, when a lot of the leaves are down, we as a church article are going to con- converge on the property of Mary Edwards. Okay? This is a secret, Linda. Okay? So... Don't share this or we'll have to kill you, okay? So don't, don't share this with anyone, all right? But Lloyd had a wonderful idea. He said, you know what? He said, Pastor, why don't we some Saturday or... That was a joke, by the way. I, I mean that. Some Saturday or some Sunday, he said, after church, let's all as a church go and let's come with our rakes and our bags and our, you know, our big tarps or whatever and let's take care of the leaves for Linda. I talked to um, uh, Linda's daughter, Debbie, and I said, what can we as a church do for you guys? And she said, the biggest thing right now are the leaves. Those of you who know are marrying her property, there's a lot of leaves. And uh, she said, that's a big thing that's hanging over Mary's head. But she said she will never tell anybody she needs help. And what Lloyd said, what we can do is when we're done, we'll have a cookout there. We'll bring hot dogs. We'll bring drinks. We'll make it a time to where we show up at, the, at their property and we be the church. We be sons and daughters of encouragement. Okay? So we're going to keep you posted on when that's going to be. Uh, we'll keep looking at the leaves. Um, but I'm excited about that. So that needs to be a secret. I want us just to show up at her house and, and freak her out and say what's going on, and then all of a sudden we're going to take care of this. I know some of you can't do that kind of work, I understand. And I know we can't have however many at church that day show up, but if we can have, man, 30, 40, 50 people or something like that, who knows? That would be awesome. So, and we'll have a word of prayer with Mary and, and Dean and go from there. Would you pray with me? Father God, Lord, I didn't know how this message was going to go over, but man, we all need encouragement. 
those times in our life when we need to pick me up. And God, I thank you that you are our ultimate encourager. You are there when no one else is there, and we understand that. But Father, we also understand that you want us to be encouragers, whether it be a phone call, whether it be showing up for a visit, whether it be a text, whether it be a gift, whether it be a card, whether it be just sitting with someone in a waiting room. I don't know what it is, God. But God, I pray that you would help us and look at the life of Barnabas to be an encourager. God, I know there are kids, there are youth here, there are teenagers here this morning. They can be encouragers to their parents. Whenever there's something that needs to be done in the home, they just do it. They do it before their mom and dad ask them to do it. What an encouragement that would be. God, may we all take a lesson from this and hear you speak to us. May we be sons and daughters of encouragement. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.